the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Start Start your engines. Race fans, you are tuning into the only motorsports show in San Diego. Your host, Dave Stahl, and the racing school teacher, Brittany Sandoval, are taking you to the green flag, covering everything from your top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Strap in. It's Checkers and Wreckers on Racer Radio. All right, folks. Welcome to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you got a cash register, liquor store, grocery store, or if you're looking for anything at all that you want self-checkout, you got to go with Southwest Point of Sale. They are the experts. 800-540-2149. Go to southwestpos.com. Southwestpos.com. Walmart's doing it. Home Depot's doing it. And so is Costco. So check them out at 800-540-2149. And we also want to give a shout-out to San Diego Gear and Axle. If you are a, if you got any kind of undercarriage issues, San Diego Gear and Axle could take care of it. SDGearAxle.com, SDGearAxle.com. Give them a call at 858-449-5656 or just go to SDGearAxle.com. And if you got a Porsche Mini, uh, or a uh, BMW, Black Forest Motorsports, dealer alternative, save you a ton of money, give you tons of performance, and if you want to go racing, they can do that too. All right, Brittany. Yes, sir. Who you got today? We have ourselves a living legend in studio, which is why you don't even need to bother with your frozen screen. What would be happening if so he much wasn't coming living? Your way. <laughs> so... Today's guest was often described as smooth, smooth and consistent, while rubbing elbows with Hannah, Omara, uh, his favorite, Johnson. I should have talked to you about that in the green room. You you always have a different um, kind of tone to your voice when you talk about one of your old teammates. You're not supposed to talk about (laughs) anything in the green room. What have we said? (laughs) This is interesting. Anywho, he even caught the eye of Peter Starr who followed him around with a camera. That's how good he it was. Is. Absolutely. In was. fact, well, it's funny you say that because I was wondering, I have no idea where the conversation is going to go because we can talk motocross, yeah. but we can talk triathlons and golf, and we'll be talking about the same guy here. He's all excited about our Crown Royale bags because his buddy <laughs> carries his little golf balls yes. and those little those little wooden things. It's funny, little buddy, because I know one of your golf buddies that. Uh, are, are you uh, a golf buddy? About. No, he <laughs> he rubs elbows with high people. So, anywho, uh, hey, our listeners may actually recognize his voice because he also was an ESPN sports commentator. So, please welcome the one, the only David Bailey. It's truly the David Bailey. Jeez. How Good to be get, here. How Thanks. are you going to tap dance through that, my friend? I don't know. He has so many know. accomplishments. It's silly. I, I told myself I wouldn't fan out. And I I'm very am. impressed. I Normally, she does pass I, out. I am fanning out already. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been riding? 
Well, since I was 10. Okay. Who got you into it? Uh, bicycles, yeah. growing up in Dana Point, right. and then my father, Gary Bailey, was teaching motocross oh. schools, traveling the country. It doesn't help. <laughs> so his pit bike was a little Yamaha Mini Enduro and uh, with a headlight, and I just loved riding. And whenever I could, I'd ride till dark. And eventually, uh, we put a paper plate over that number plate, ah. or the headlight, I mean, okay. with a number on it. What was your first number? 93. Any reason? That was his number. Okay. Oh, that's a good reason. So I was in uh, Louisiana, and he had just done a school there, mm-hmm. and I'd never raced. What year and was this school? It's 1970. So he yeah. was pretty innovative. Oh, yeah. Because there were no schools. Oh, yeah. He wrote a book, too, right? My, my right. parents said that book, growing up in my house, was the book with little David here it's as funny. a little kid on the cover. He had uh, the nickname Iron Man. Mm. What? And then you, years later? Because he would ride all three classes. And the sport wasn't as established as it is now. There's a lot of classes. And he had tons of students. And so I would help him organize the school rather than ride myself. So at the end of the school, when I decided I wanted to race, he was like, are you sure you're ready? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Wait a sec. He asked you if you were ready? Yeah, he didn't. didn't put any doubt? I think it was more like, you're not, right? And I'm like, no, I want to. So the last minute, had a lot of people around me at the starting line thinking, oh, this guy is going to be good. And I got last. (laughs) But you finished? Not as big of a crowd for the second moto. (laughs) But I had a good time, and I just enjoyed it. I didn't really improve much. Yeah. Um, because I didn't, I wasn't really into going fast. I just liked to ride and liked to understand how to ride. It's funny you say that because I think there's a lot of people out there that have that mindset. I just want to ride. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Walker Evans. He did the Nora down the east side of the Baja Peninsula. And the Nora is more of a rally. It's not a hardcore race, even though everybody seems to do it is a little on the crazy side he says this is the first time i've actually got to look at the scenery yeah it's beautiful you know we did a lot of woods riding and the scary part always ended up being that he would want me to go down some really steep hill or up some uh, really steep hill or across a creek or something so the whole time i'm trail riding with him it's it's fantastic i'm loving it but it's also building that Somewhere he's going to find something I'm going to have to do to teach me a new lesson. <laughs> it's going to be more than I think I'm capable of. So there was uh, there was always a little fear about what was yeah, what so was next. I always yeah. follow my dad, whether it's a horse, a street bike, a dirt bike. I always follow my dad wherever he takes me. But I trust he won't make me do more than I am capable of right. doing, even if it's pushing me to the edge. Yep. To learn the next oh, lesson. Oh, he pushed me, yeah. you know, not always. He let me ride, but then there would always be was, somewhere uh, in there. And you knew it was coming. <laughs> yep. So he he wasn't really grooming me, it didn't seem like. Even now, I think back and go, gosh, he was just right there to he make sure. He could have been a lot harder. Oh, yeah, he could have been. He could have been what I call the uh, the Tiger Woods mentality. Uh, yeah, he or was. Or even uh, uh, Pruitt, Scott Pruitt. Mm-hmm. I used to have a go-kart track. I used to run up in Davis, California. And when Scott was just a little kid, his dad would bring him down, put him in the corner of the track, put cones so he couldn't come near him. And he made him drive that go-kart from 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning until 5 at night. Never got out of it. Brought it in, jacked it up, changed the expansion, hit the ground, go, go, go. Well, it turns out he's one of the best you yep. know, road racers there is out there. that approach. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> God, what a thing to do to a child, though. I think he just, he had a really good, you know, he had his own experience. Yeah. 
as yeah. his bro- older brother rode, and and uh, I think he recognized that I loved it so much that he didn't have to do anything there. Mm. That's good. Just kind of just point me, me in the right it, direction. Let me do it at my own pace. Yeah. Well, he certainly got somewhere because it's yeah. eighty three. It took. I think he wondered though, and. and <laughs> Like, is this going to go anywhere? Because it wasn't until I was, you know, like 15, 16 that it started to click. And then amateur racing wasn't quite what it is now, but they had one amateur championship per year. Yeah. And and yet that life expectancy and that racing was, what, 18, 19? Yeah. I mean, it's a short career. Yeah, really short And the guys start when they're real young. I didn't start. So he was probably concerned that, oh, well, I guess this isn't going to happen. Then what do you do? Yeah. It was Triple Crown in 83. No one well, that's what I'm saying. Then all yeah. of a sudden, like you said, you got it. Yeah. It, once it clicked with me and I understood, yeah. yeah. then the intensity and the ambition was supported by all that foundation right. of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, the, the skill of, well, if I hit this kind of dirt, because uh-huh. we're in Tennessee and now we're in Florida and then we're in Michigan and yeah. Canada. So I got to see a lot of different types of tracks, a lot of different yeah. kinds of competition, a lot of different kinds of dirt and weather. Yeah. And I was just groomed perfectly right. looking back. And so I was like, how was I not going to succeed yeah. with all that? Did you win any trophies? couple. Oh, Yeah, I, I counted them up okay, to a Mr. point. Humble. Then it was like, our Winnebago's only so big. <laughs> the only reason I'm saying this, because she doesn't even know it, I followed you as myself. You did? Oh, I was a big motocross, and I loved it. I loved it. I do remember the name. I don't remember the face because he wouldn't take his helmet off, but I do remember the name. And I used to, I watched and I mean, because back in the day, I used to take my bicycle and I thought I was a motocross champ. I'd mm-hmm. jump anything that wasn't standing still until I borrowed a kid's little English bike, you know, the little three speed little mm-hmm. jumped, broke the frame right in half. Oh, well, I didn't wow. have any strength. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got a whole lot more. Should we call him Mr. Bailey? Yes, the, okay. the one and Mr. only Bailey. Mr. Bailey. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Racer Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Segment is brought to you by Alcon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody treats you better than Alcon Ford. New, used, service, parts, you name it, your family. Go to ElcajonMotors.com. They've got Broncos out the ears, folks. They've got more Broncos than you can shake a stick at. Mustangs, Mach-E's. It's a great selection of cars, new and used. Elkahonemotors.com. All right, what's with the pink wheel covers on 37 last week? Well, Darren Brent, one of the bees of the B&B chassis, of the B&Bs. was behind the wheel of my car. Yes. Yeah, and that he used to run a dark purple B&B with pink accents. But that's the first thing. When I walked in the pits, I was like, pink? Pink? Well, I seen the little, pink on my car? I but, seen the little adapters that he had on the wheels. Yeah, yep. And I went, uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. This yeah. is, can't be a Brittany it's, idea. No, it's not my idea. It was all Darren. But if it gives him good luck, he could do whatever he wants to my car. I trust him 100%. Are you starting to fall in love with the pink covers? No, I am not a pink girl. 
No, it's hilarious that a, a guy borrows my car and puts pink on it. I yeah. was blown away. I never laughed. <laughs> I never laughed so hard. My, and then she did did him the wazubi, and he didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. Because you didn't like the pink. No. He, Talk yeah, about Barona. He can do whatever he wants. Talk about uh, So next Saturday, September 16th, big time race because it's the IMCA championship night. Yeah, so And wild. there's a lot of close racers. So uh, gates open at noon. Racing begins at 6, general admission $20, military and seniors $10, kids set ages 7 to 17 $10, and don't forget about the family pack, which is two adults, two kids, a total of $50. That's next Saturday. So we have IMCA Modified, IMCA Sport Mods, IMCA Stock Car Street Stocks, IMCA Sport Compacts, so they're all going for their championship points. Mm. Um, and then the dwarf cars and the pure stocks will be there as well as our junior drivers, the mini dwarfs and the junior sprints. Um, and with that said, the, um, junior drivers are going to have a spooky race. So that sounds like something in October and, uh, they're still looking for sponsorship. So that junior division is really, really strong, uh, very optimistic, great sportsmanship and great racing. And if you want to have your name all over it, please probably contact either Nick Novak Mm -hmm. or Mark Rose. If you want, they're still looking for sponsorships, uh, for the spooky race, which I would imagine would be at the end of October. You think I'm I'm just guessing, you know, just putting two and two together, but Bronaspeedway.com, Bronaspeedway.com. We still have David Bailey in the house right next well, to me. I didn't think he was going anywhere. Right there. He's right there. Right there. So, how many? So, you kind of flicked the switch at 15. How long did you ride after that? Till I was 25. Well, you're an old guy. Yep. <laughs> That's what I mean when. Ooh. Turning 25 and 87 when I finally stopped um i was getting into that portion of the career which they used to consider as like kind of the the back end you know yeah. like how much longer yeah you start thinking about i'm gonna do another contract but this could be the last one who'd you, know? you ride for honda Honda, you liked yep. your team didn't Dude, you i am such a i am such a honda fanatic did she tell you my honda story no. so i bought a little monkey you know for a pit bike <laughs> Okay, well, you see this little fat guy sitting over here doing radio. So I have my cowboy hat on, and I'm riding over to her. She takes my picture, and I look like a watermelon sitting on it. You kind of look like a, bear, a circus bear. I did. It- that, that's even better. <laughs> so she has, she sends me the picture. The bike's got 11 miles on it. It's brand spanking new. I had it all painted up, put her little race car on the air, air box. I looked at that picture, went home, got the pink slip, Got the keys and said, "Here." Yeah, brought it over yeah. to me. I never want to see it again. My plan. I I benefited from that one photo. So then I went out and bought yeah, a Honda yeah. Talon One Thousand. Yeah, there you go. Painted it all up, and I look good. <laughs> yeah, as a kid growing up, you know, I'm I still, a Honda guy. I was a Boltaco guy, Spanish oh. company at first. Yeah, know, that's what I Gary know. wrote. Okay. And okay. but all the time that I was on that bike, I'm looking at Marty Smith here yeah. from San Diego. Yeah. He was like the first real superstar of motocross. Uh, handsome, polite, yep. approachable, winning all style, and Honda. Yeah. And Honda. Right? No, I know, I know, I know. I'm right there with you. In fact, I, I had a 305 Scrambler, yep. 65 that I commuted 100 miles a day in Northern Cal, but froze my you-know-what-skis off. I did things with that bike that Honda would never expect anybody to do because I was a star. I knew I could do it all. 
but the bike kept saying you got to stop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, so I'm a big I've always been a big Honda yeah, you guy. You seem to really like the team and your teammates well, for the course. most yeah. part. For, I brought in a picture of his team. Do you still hang with him? Do you still are in contact with him? Yeah, I just was talking to Lachine right here. Oh yeah, Lachine. He was part of the team. He yeah. came in uh 84. Yeah. You are a fan of Bob Hanna, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, gosh. They, who well, isn't? Who the isn't? The thing is, really, is that I never stopped being a fan of anyone. Right. You know, yeah. Roger DeCoster yeah. was the five-time world champion. And you never manager. thought you were at the level no, of those guys, right? Never did. And never he did. was the team manager But at the yet time, you right? were. So I couldn't believe that I'm on a team with Roger, who I went to see in Saddleback in 68, the first time I saw a motocross wow. race. Wow. And then he's now my boss, Bob <laughs> Hanna, who I looked up to, is now my teammate. <laughs> Omera, who I had known a lot about, now he's my teammate. Then Lachine joined the the, the, the team, crew. so the we just had a blast. Yeah. It was family. But you didn't think anything of it. You were no. out doing what you enjoyed doing. I feel like you appreciated it, or I is did. it after the fact? Absolutely. I feel like you absolutely. Have you written a book? No, but Come a lot of people on. are telling me I should. Go there. Come on. <laughs> you have a lot to share. Yeah. Well, see, every little kid we have come in on this show, seven, eight, nine, go home, get a diary, one page a night mm-hmm. before you head hits the pillow. He does. He when does. you're 40 years old, you'll have a bestseller, and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Because the stories that, uh, hopefully your memory's better than mine, because my book would be three pages long, but... <laughs> The 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 you know because everything that you went through you didn't even think twice about it it was just what you did every morning when you got up and did your thing right it was second nature yeah you weren't thinking of a book you weren't thinking of a movie you weren't even thinking about the future let alone the end of the week I don't know I'm begging to differ after kind of researching you a bit you were methodical about this you practice very much well yeah but that doesn't mean he wants to be a star on radio tv and print that didn't occur to me no you just wanted to be the best at your craft i wanted to be good at it i wanted to be one of the best guys you got your bikes to try to figure out who's the best is kind of difficult yeah even now so especially then well it's it's everybody was the best in different areas i wanted to be like marty smith or like DeCosta or like that's right Wanted to be one of the guys that could win. Whether I won them all or not wasn't really that interesting. It's just as I wanted to be able to be up front and and not have to come into the pits afterwards and ask my dad or whoever, like, hey, who won? Oh, I wanted to be in touch. I wanted to see that guy. And I got a feeling you didn't want to have to come in and apologize for something you did on the track. And there were times where I felt like I owed Roger to cost her an apology. That that put a little bit of pressure on me, and it wasn't pressure he applied. It was it just was self, respect. Self, yeah. Well, respect will do yeah. that to you. Wow. And you appreciated where you were. Same I, with Hannah. It was respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cracks me up because you and Hannah seem like way different personalities. Totally. Oh, <laughs> night and day. And the fact that you really, really like him. Nothing yeah. against Hannah at all. It's just no, like no, you no. seem like Ian and well, you. Well, you, weren't, good you weren't into the limelight. You could care less about the limelight. I think that's what, I. you know, Hannah took me under his wing a little bit. Yeah. Because he knew you were probably... I was still at Kawasaki. He was at Yamaha. And then we both ended up at Honda. But it was in those earlier days, 1980, 81. He was at Yamaha. I was at Kawasaki. Uh And he was like, hey, uh, meet me in the desert. We'll go trail riding. And we did some really fun stuff out there, (laughs) different things. We rode up to the top of a mountain out in Tehachapi. Yeah. And he had me put a notebook under my jersey. And I thought, well, that must be for the coming back down because it'll be cold. 
That's what they do in the Tour de France. Yeah. I, I didn't know why. I didn't ask. We get up to the top, and he made paper airplanes. Threw oh. them off the cliff. <laughs> I love Did it. He just, I love just, it. Just different cool things. And I, I really yeah. enjoyed being around him because he'd already been there and done been that. Been there done that, yeah. So when I was on the team with him at Honda, that was like his second career. Yeah. And he saw that I wasn't big-headed or any of that. Right. And he just wanted to see me do good. Yeah. He felt like when he was done kicking my butt – then I would be the guy. Yeah. And that's how it worked out. But you were pretty shy on interviews, too. Very. <laughs> you don't it's, think I remember. Good thing you were a sports commentator after that. I mean, I I would talk a lot because I was yeah, but see, nervous. That's, was it because you're yeah, humble? But, see, th- but that's also different. When you're in a race and then you get interviewed versus being the commentator yeah. telling the public. Because they don't About know. About someone else. Yeah. They, they don't know what's it. going on out there. I mean, they don't They don't know why so-and-so did this or did that or if there was an incident, why it happened. And you were the, you were the knowledgeable one. I thought room. it was important. Once they said – I was working for a, a sport. The, the gear that I wore, mm-hmm. I was working for that company. Is sure. that the JT Racing? And then, uh, yes. And – I stopped doing that because I'm like, okay, now they've hired some guys that are a lot better than I am. This is what they went to school for. And oh, as far as uh, interviewing. Designer, and, oh, okay. Designing. Oh, designing. He liked the yeah. way he looked. He wanted to like the way he looked. So I was like, okay, I think I've, I've done all I can do here. This isn't something I was dreaming of doing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Neither did my wife. Yeah. I, that's good you have a peace of mind, but we can't take that to Ralph. So what are we doing now? And I got a call from ESPN. Wow. And that was the first year in 94 that they were putting motocross and, and out there. And they called you. Right? Well, they actually, they called Hannah first. Oh. oh and they called Rick Johnson. But those guys were hard to nail down. Sure. Price, timing, scheduling. And I was free. I had op- There was a parking space for that. No. And I told them, heck yeah. I hung up the phone. And they called me back a few minutes later and said, hey, we didn't talk about your uh, payment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll so, do it. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. And yeah. I thought it would be easy. And it was difficult oh. at Very first. Difficult. But I learned from Dave Despain early yeah. on. He's Dave, a master. Master. And he said, uh, look, I talk about what's going on. You talk about why. Right. Oh, okay. You're the color commentator. That's, That's it. funny. Simple. So it was funny. We, we would get our layout for the show. And there would be a paragraph of kind of what they wanted him to stick to. Which he'd modify a bit. Of course. But for me, it just said response. Oh. There was, was nothing. Beautiful. Just think if it I had was to make it up. Well, I looked at him like, what am I supposed to say? And they're just like, you're the expert. Yeah. yeah. Just think if it was scripted, how difficult it would be. Yeah. It's hard to remember. When they wanted me to do on cams, I was horrible. Just oh, yeah, horrible. yeah. When you had to stand up. Oh, and no. memorize I, something and send it to so and so. Have you seen me read anything the whole time? I just, I'm the worst at that. I hate yeah. scripts. I do TV three days a week. I can't stand a teleprompter. I don't even want to see that silly thing. Just give me the topic and leave me alone. Yep. I learned from Dave early on and Art Ekman, who had done a bunch of different things. Just be yourself. So I was fortunate to get groomed like that, kind of like I did from Gary in motocross. How long were you there? How long did you do TV? I did about uh, 10 or 12 years. Wow. And then I stopped, and then they had me come back a few more times. Sure. So... Yeah, I mean, I had a good run. I had a, It was a great time where we had the freedom to say what we wanted. Yeah. We didn't have to say a certain way I and know, all that I stuff. Know. There wasn't any uh, restrictions. They just kind of left it up to me. A lot of times the, the director would just call up to me in the box and say, hey, uh, what do you want me to show on the start? Who do you want me to zoom well, in on? Well, because they don't know. They yeah. Don't. I mean, you really were the expert. See, Who do you want to talk chapter, about? There's a chapter yeah. that right there. There's a chapter. Yeah. So I got to kind of direct. A little uh, bit at sure. first. 
And well, once that went away, so did my interest. So. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Well, like I don't get, want him telling me what to say. Well, no, I, 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 especially if you didn't I, have to to start with. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky where I where I'm at on TV. They don't have a clue what I'm doing. Right. I brought a top fuel dragster in, and they asked if it was going to be noisy. Nah. And I almost took the windows out of the building. <laughs> they were, before they we would go on cam for the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you feel a little anxious yeah. and stiff yeah. and. And um, but there was kind of a joke where the director would be like, you know, David, everything good? You all set? You know what you're going to say? And I say, nope. And then they'd all laugh, and then I'd laugh, and then the smile would be legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Scott Delosio's on the line. He's got some information for you from Paris Auto Speedway FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Rachel Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1178. The answer. Segment brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway, where nobody, absolutely nobody, will thrill you like Paris Auto Speedway. They have got some of the greatest events ever. Got a pretty good announcer, too. Speaking of which, Scott Delucio. How you doing, bud? Doing pretty good. How are you guys today? You getting ready to go back slinging it again here pretty soon? Yeah, you know, it's uh, been like summer vacation uh, makes me say just six or eight more weeks, and then I got a few more, a couple months like this. Yeah. Then I'll be crying because I'm dead ass broke, but, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't really going to say, but I just I assumed that was going to be the point. <laughs> That's just a normal step below what I normally am, so no big deal. Yeah. So, what's coming up, and when is it? Yeah, you know, we're back. Uh, we've been off. Um, well, three schedule weeks, and we lost that one race when the hurricane came through, or the remnants of the hurricane. Right. So we come back, and this is basically when we hit the home stretch for the year. We have three races up this month. We have Night of Destruction this coming Saturday. Wow. Um, the sprint cars come back on the 23rd, the 30th. Um, that's our stock car show. We go into October, the last regular month of the season. We'll have all those shows one more time in October. Um, during the fair, we talked about that last week. They've added four nights during the fair where we'll have a show on all four of those nights. Mm-hmm. It's a brief show. You know, when you do the fair, they want you to in and out. come in, in and out. run your show as fast as you can exactly right. and let people get out and spend all kinds of money in the at the fair. And then we close the season off, I think it's the first Saturday in November with the final sprint car race of the year. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, and the Night of Destruction, just kind of give us a recap if people didn't know what it is. Um, Night of Destruction, it's just what it sounds like. There's no, it's not a demolition derby. Um, we have regular figure eight racing. Um, we used to have trailer figure eight racing for years. And that used to be really cool because I think I've told you before, guys would come out and they have on their trailers outhouses. A dude showed up with a catamaran, um, <laughs> living room tree. furniture, was whatever they could get. Well, we started supplying the trailers, these smaller trailers. Well, those guys stopped bringing out that stuff to put on them. Uh. Uh. And the entry the entry to that race dropped. It was the last year, the last two shows. It was six each night, which is horrible. Mm. Um, so Don dropped them this year, and then the guys who ran it, you know, they said they wanted it back, and some other guys said they wanted to join in. 
So we're going to have them this Saturday. They're going to oh. have two more shows the rest of the year. Um, we also have a mini stock figure eight, which is a building class. It's built slower than we would like because, you know, they had it at the fair last year, a different promoter, and anybody could run who had a mini stock. Well, uh-huh. that was cool, except mini stock figure eight racing is a little more dangerous. And Don just said, you don't have a roll cage in that car. You're not racing. So slowly but surely, they're starting to get the cages in their cars. We have Demo Cross, which is a – we have well, we also have mini stock road racing, which is really crazy. It's a full contact deal. Demo Cross is run what you brung, anything goes. The only thing you can't do is – it's actually a race with, like, a demolition derby in it. Yeah. Um, So you want to spin out the leader. You hate the guys in last place. Um, The guy's cheating with your wife is third. You can take them all out, vice versa. And then we have the double-deckers, which are two cars, one stacked on top of the other. The one in the bottom car controls the brakes and the throttle. The one in top controls the steering. And that's really the crowd favorite. Um, The bad news on those yesterday, uh, one of our guys, most of those guys leave those at the racetrack. Yeah. And our guy who works there got to the racetrack, and somebody had got into the racetrack overnight and slashed the tires on all those cars. Oh. So he put the word out, and those guys are trying to get tires, get them ready to go Saturday. Karma needs to hunt that person down. Yep. And hang him. Uh, you know, just tie a shotgun to one of the cars for the next time he comes and blows his brains out. Uh, or, or that, I suppose. So don't get um, don't get me okay. started on that. Um well, somebody's hurting out there. No, somebody was mad, either a poor loser or they just are angry at something. You know, I, it's probably just a loser. I don't think they're mad about anything. Yeah. Um, just people who are out there wanting to destroy other people's property. I mean, it's, it's the way of the world right now. You know? Ask Don if he needs a Rottweiler, because I know one that will oh. take about a pound and a half out of his left cheek, if you like. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I thought you'd like that. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> we'll you know, it. it's just it's just re- it's ridiculous to read that that even happens. But. I know, I know, but like you said, it is what it is. But you know what? Karma still is out there. So as long as she's out there, he'll get it. He'll get his. You know, and the deal is, I mean, the cars had flat tires. Um, you hear some of the stuff gets stolen at race tracks. You yeah. know, when the tracks are dark, um, yeah. we're fairly lucky. We've had very little of that. Yeah, you guys over are, the years. Yeah, but you hear from other race tracks where people come in, steal their heavy equipment at night, uh, yeah. break into their press boxes and steal their sound system. So you know, the tires, while they are not ours, it's relatively cheap compared to what happens to some of these race tracks. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'd be proactive not reactive i would do something yeah if you knew who it was you'd go burn their house down with them inside All it thank right. you very much um, oh you and i are, you and i should never be on a police department <laughs> together <laughs> they have too many rules to settle things so yeah you think yeah i know any updates on days. Brody roa or aj was aj racing something this weekend yeah they all went to um went, i went guess he Texas. made it i guess he made it, it they went to Texas um, Devil's Bowl Speedway, which is rumored to be closing after this year. Yeah. And that was on Thursday night. They moved on to a track in Arkansas, Texarkana, 67 Speedway, Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, they got rained out Friday. Oh. Um, but on Saturday, Friday, excuse me, Thursday night at Devil's Bowl, Brody Roa, um, you know, he was the leader of the pack the whole weekend for the local guys who went out there. He 
qualified 11th fastest, second in his heat, put him in the main event, started 14th in the main. He was up late in the race, challenging for second. Oh. From 14th. Um, They had a yellow flag, and they went back to green, and not a lot of laps left, and Brody slipped back to six. So I haven't talked to him yet. They're on their way back home now. Just guesstimating that um, that charge up to challenge for second may have worn out a tire or mm. it got the tire hot enough so when it they went back to yellow, it may have sealed the tire over. Mm. But still, you know, that's against the USAC National Sprint Car, so he did good yeah. there. Sure. Eddie Tafoya Jr., um, he made the main event both nights out of the heat races. In fact, he finished, I believe, 18th and 19th. Um, A.J. Bender, he missed transfers all weekend by one or two spots. Wow, oh, man. Probably still had a smile race, on his missed face. Missed by one spot. In the, go in the B main, missed by two, and the same thing the second night. So he was close. Um, you know, you're racing against the best traditional sprint car drivers in the world at that deal. Oh, absolutely. Any and then our other guy, pardon me? Go ahead. Our other guy, Charles Davis Jr., who we got to get on the show sometime because yeah. that guy's personality and a half. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was running the top ten early in the race. Yeah, Devil's Ball flipped oh. and put him out of the race. And then the heat race last night in Arkansas flipped again, flipped into the catch fence, and that knocked him out for the night. Oh. Yeah. Any updates on Swanson, Jake? Uh, he was fast qual. I didn't write that down. He was fast qualifier one night. And I think he finished third last night. Okay. Right on. I have to check that. I have All to right. check that. Sorry to put you on the spot, but always like following him, too. Yeah. Well, they're local yeah, boys. All... What's that? They're local boys. Yeah, he was. I mean, now he's happily in Indiana, so uh, he's a semi-local nowadays, I guess you would say. How but he's you... doing – he's been one of the best drivers in the USAC National Series all season long, so he's really settled in back there, and they're doing really well. Yeah. He's a contender. You know, when he first went back there, he did okay. You know, top ten would be good. Then he started moving further up this year. You know, it's his third season back there. He's a contender to win every night oh, out, yeah. and he is a contender. He has been a contender for the championship most of the year. It's getting down to short strokes. I think he's still fourth in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he, he will finish in the top five, but it's, it'd be a long shot for him to get the title now. But mm-hmm. he was up there. He led the points for quite a bit of the season. He won when I saw him in Gas City, Indiana. He won on three wheels most of the time. I don't even know why they bothered to put that front left wheel on, tire on. He never used it. That's for parking. Oh, my gosh. Of course, we didn't have the first thing you do is a rotor touch the ground and send you flipping down the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. You know, it's amazing. if you. I mean, I'm not asking you to do it, but just think of all of the champions that have come out of Paris Auto Speedway. Well, it's out of Paris Auto Speedway, and I always like, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, the best drivers in USAC came, are from Indiana because that's where it's been based. I'm going, well, you need to go yeah. champions the last few years. Yeah, that's my point. Um, you know, guys who've won titles. I mean, last year, Logan Seabee won the Silver Crown, the midget title. Yeah. Um, Tanner Thorson's not from California. But he's from Nevada. He's done really well back there. Robert Ballou's won championships. Yeah. He's from California. These are all guys who cut their teeth out here. Yeah, it went back there and raced and it won titles in USAC. So yeah. anybody who argues at that point, they'd start rattling off championships. Well, and not only that, they didn't have the seat time the people back in Indiana and that surrounding area got. I mean, they raced like crazy back there. We just don't have that many tracks and that many opportunities out here. So hats off to our boys. No, 
you know, nowadays, uh, it's basically Saturday night racing out here. Um, when I grew up in Michigan, I mean, you go to races within oh. 100 miles of Detroit yeah. pretty much six nights a week. Yeah. And Indiana used to be like that, where right. six, seven. Now, it's if it's not a USAC national show, you're just basically back there talking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, that's part of the package that's happened with the streaming TV people. Mm. They got to go to work. They're going to stay home and watch. And, you know, that kind of hurts the home track. Sure. Got to mention, um, we got an announcement coming up. Maybe we'll do it on the show. Sure. Um, within the next couple of weeks. But if you are going, to, if you're racing young gun sprint cars this year, if you plan on racing them next year, man, we got a deal we got coming out that's going to be super for 2000. Uh, I almost said 2004. I've been back in my 40s. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, 2024, if we do that, uh, that announcement's going to come out. Really cool deal. Um, really cool sponsors jumped on board. So we're holding off till we do a press release, but sure. that's coming out soon. And I know we'll have that sponsor on the show for sure to talk about that as well. I look forward to it. All right, buddy. We'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll be hearing from you probably next weekend or a great representative from Paris Auto yeah, Speedway. So I'll go back to watching the Los Angeles Chargers. He used to play in that. What's that town, San Diego? They're behind, by the way, just so you don't know. Yeah, but the game ain't over yet. Yeah. What are you, a Charger <laughs> fan? Sounds are like you, it. Are you a Charger <laughs> fan now? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm just rubbing it in. At San Diego, they stayed behind. I'm, I'm from Detroit, so. <laughs> I'll send you some Charger gear if you keep it up, so stop it. <laughs> Later. All right, take Bye. care. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. The man, the myth, the legend is still in the house because yes. Brittany's got a handcuff on him, and he's chained to his chair <laughs> right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. FM. I like this guy more now than ever. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. The segment's brought to you by Certified Car Clinic. He's got a car that if you got to work on it, race car, drag car, circle track car, you need a little dyno help, Certified Car Clinic is it. All right, we got a special guest in the <sighs> Not house. Not enough time. There's never David is. David Bailey. Bailey. If you've been watching any motocross back in the 70s and 80s, would you say? Yep. It's a good number. Mostly the 80s. Mostly the 80s. You've seen a... And you also ended up in the booth trying to take my job. He's now going to be a part of the Legends and Heroes. Yes. Yeah, so, so are you retired museum. now? Yes. Okay. So you're not doing any radio or TV? Just yet? once in a while. Okay. I'm, I have plenty of time so that when things that make sense come up like this, I Perfect. like what Legends and Heroes does, yeah. keeping the history okay. of the sport intact. Well, we're happy to offer... I can offer TV side any young riders that you have coming up because you know as well as i do you might be able to be their best rider but if you can't talk yeah to announcers and support your advertisers or your sponsors i don't care how good you are they're never going to keep you you're more than welcome to send them our way and we will help them and talk to them and and work with them because we've we've had some winners haven't we what are you a girl scout now Nope. You got two fingers? Well, just two things. That's the Boy Scout. I wanted to remind you about the racetrack Which off racetrack? air. We said, hold that for your final segment. That he bought a racetrack. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'd love to hear about the triathlon. Yeah, and I bet I already know the answer so. to anybody that buys a racetrack. Well, we were traveling around the country, didn't have a house, had a Winnebago. Well, that was the house. The trailer was the garage with the bikes. And a lot of times we're, we'd, we'd just pull into a track we'd never seen before yes. and teach school there, do a local race. Wow. So we pull into this place in Virginia, and it's beautiful. Lake in the middle, oh. designed kind of like a just a natural amphitheater. Loved it. Oh. Anyway, uh, Gary bought a place there, an acre, had a cycle barn. They called it the Gary Billy Cycle Barn Motocross mm-hmm. Track uh, right next door. Sold bull tacos for a little while. I cut my teeth some more. And 10 years after that, in 85, I bought the place. I was doing okay and had some <laughs> extra money. The guy wanted out. And then a year later, in 86, I won a national there. You hosted it and then won, correct? Ultra, <laughs> so much pressure. Oh, I could imagine. To make sure everyone's happy. Yeah. I, I wanted everyone to have a good time. Right. I didn't want to get hurt. I yeah. hope they liked the track. I hope the spectators were happy. And uh, then, you know, you want to win the race too. But I was so distracted with the, the goings-on of the event that it actually made it a little bit easier. Oh. Oh, because it no took the pressure to, off of trying to no win. Time to overthink yep. it. You just wanted to make the people in the stands happy and comfortable. But I think back and go, you know, that's not necessarily something to pat my back about or anything. It's just that it was so rewarding to pull into some place and then 10, 11 years later own, own it, it. Mm-hmm. and race and win there. But it did teach you one wow. thing. You never want to own another racetrack. Nope. I eventually got rid of it and moved <laughs> he out hesitate. here. Nope. <laughs> well, name me a track it's owner. It's not easy. Yeah. Other than Humpy Wheeler. <laughs> and I don't even think Humpy Wheeler liked owning them. It was stressful. It's very yeah. stressful because yeah. fans are fickle. Maybe yep. not so much back in your day. You put a lot into it and then you're lo- watching the weather like, oh, no. Uh, don't, oh, even, yeah. don't even oh. bring that up. Because yeah. yep. we work. Yes. No, go ahead. Oh, that was a, just a chicken move? Uh-huh. Yeah, but we work so hard to keep our... T- you know, we don't even get rain in California, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, and now all of a sudden we have a hurricane canceling. I was standing on TV this morning and it started raining <laughs> yeah, on me. Yeah, even rained at my house. It was over... Can I... Can we go, like, way over here now? Wherever you want to go. May I ask about triathlons or even golf? Triathlons was, uh let's see, early 80s, 82, 83 on Wide World of Sports they had... This race yeah. across America on bicycles. Yeah. Some knuckleheads figuring they could do that solo. <laughs> and Jim Lampley was covering that for Wide World of Sports, and I was fascinated. Like, I didn't want to do that, but I was interested in it. And around the same time, they had this Hawaii Ironman triathlon. Mm-hmm. Swim 2.4 miles, ride 112, run a marathon at the end of all that. You didn't do any of that, did you? Well, after my wife and I got married in 86, we went over to Hawaii on our honeymoon, and that happened to be happening at the same time. Is it a First coincidence? First part of the week. Was it a coincidence? A little bit. A little a bit. A little. That means a little not as and well. And if my wife had a problem with that, there's like 1,100 guys standing around in a Speedo. Right. So Not too bad. <laughs> so I, I told her after that, I said, I, you know, I want to come back and do this someday. I don't know how. Funny that I said that, because I ended up doing it in a wheelchair division. Yeah. And but didn't she say? Didn't you say a lot to that to her? Yeah, I'd like to come back and try this someday. And she and, thought I was okay. Well, yeah, whatever. And that's what she All said. Right. Yeah. What a sweetheart. Okay. okay. And then, uh, sure enough, in '98, I went over and completed it. But I got beat by a Navy SEAL. Well, duh. There's one other guy. How on bad this could you feel for that? That wanted it as much yeah. as me, but yeah. he was a little bit more equipped. 
Yeah. And uh-huh. so in 99, I got a little closer, and then in 2000, I won that division. Did you really? Which led to a lot of hand cycling, which yeah. got me interested in the Ram race again, Race Across America, which uh-huh. by then, they decided instead of just one guy doing it solo, they still had that class, which yeah. was small. Right. And then they had four-man teams and eight-man teams. Oh. So I put together a four-man team. Which is a little easier. Yeah, this, uh, some of my teammates and and one other guy that had been hurt on and living in uh, New England. He didn't ride hand cycles or do any of that. But I knew he was tough. And when I asked him, hey, would you be willing to do this? He said yes. Yeah. At the end of our conversation, he was like, so what is it again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Doug, that's why I asked that's you. So awesome. Doug Henry, who's national champion and wow. talented and tough, we all did it in seven days and 19 hours. Jeez. Non-stop. Would you say mental is more than half wait of a minute, it? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Non-stop. Non-stop. You never slept? Some of our crew were, that were like, hey, we want to help. We were like in you know Colorado, and they're like, so we don't get a break? <laughs> <laughs> so we all had to learn when did they start hallucinating i did yeah. actually yeah. going uh in ohio yeah i, I thought I wasn't kansas would be bad that. but i liked kansas actually but ohio well, that's a field of dreams so it was you got beautiful all there up. it was rolling hills we yeah. had a tailwind fortunately flat, oh. flat as a pancake actually it wasn't as flat as i thought i still have a little piece of wheat and on, stuck in your teeth yeah one of our mechanics that was driving along with us i said hey could you just run out there real quick and pick a piece of that for me because i was on deck waiting and you for still my team have it. yeah i kept it because it, it was frame? just awesome to think that did you frame am. it did yeah. you frame it hanging on the wall it's up there with a with another frame and, and the only the one that, and the only one that and knows what that is is you yeah and my wife a little bit so are you local yes temecula well, I know you, you probably won't want it, but I'd love to put you on TV. If you're ever doing something, oh you know, a charity or a fundraiser. Or back here for Racer Radio. Oh, well, he'll come back for that. That's you know not, where to find me. So I got to tell you my bull taco story. Oh. So have you ever heard of Cal, Cal VMX? Have you ever heard of those yes. guys? Okay. So I know Frank real well. By the way, happy birthday, Frank. It was happy his birthday, birthday today. Your yep. birthday too? No, no, for Frank. Oh. Happy so happy birthday. So he comes down. He this bull taco looked like it just got off the showroom floor and Husqvarna's and and uh, you know, I can't even think of all the names so I'm interviewing all the riders so I walk up to the bull taco guy and I say so how do you like your bike what is it he said oh it's a bull taco how easy is it to, how easy is it to start oh it starts right up <laughs> can't be a bull taco <laughs> and he is not letting me live that down were they easy to start no Thank you very no. much. See, he's honest too. That's what I like about Yeah, him. I got good at bump starting. Yeah, that that's I had one. And if I couldn't if I did bumps, I could never. And they'd load up oh, so you'd have to so lean bad. it over. Yeah, you had to learn. You know, I mean you had to I learn think, about those bikes. I think all the years I rode Bull Taco prepared me to understand a lot about how important it was to know the bike. Yeah. Yeah. So if something's happening in a race, yeah. you know exactly what, what you need to ride like so you can Win the race. Then you got on a Honda. Well, there's a funny whole thing segment. about that because Hondas had a Kickstarter on the left side, right? Uh-huh. When I first signed with them in '82, which is what I was trying to get rid of from the Boltaco <laughs> day. <Yeah. laughs> signed with a Honda, it was still there on the left. Which no, you can't. For some reason, it's it's 
It's uncoordinated yes. feeling to I try to start a bike I with your left foot. Aided it. I know. Yeah. I, know. Yeah, I, I wish we could talk about that USGP or uh, CR five hundred. Can we have we him come back? We could do a whole back? segment just on the way he can talks about him? this one motorcycle. Can we have him come back, <laughs> can dear? We, can we? Sure. I want him to. And yeah. if his wife's only halfway through shopping, she'll bring him down again. Oh, that's the ticket, huh? Just yeah. give her the credit card. Now that she knows where this is, yeah. we'll be back. So close to UTC. <laughs> oh, that's because right, I UTC. Want, I want to hear about golfing. Like, is your golf buddy Brock Lover? Is this for real? I actually did get to golf with Brock. I never would have imagined. <laughs> and I saw a whole different side of Brock. Is he any good? Oh, does he yeah. throw his gloves? He's I fantastic. Mean, his, but his he will... He will. He's very vocal about how he thinks he just hit the ball. How he thinks, <laughs> good or bad. It, oh, he was a blast. It yeah, was. So uh, it really enjoyable. See, I don't play golf because the ball is too small. Right. And once it's gone, I go. What the hell? Look at I want to because there's a cart that drives around with drinks. Well, that but you, that doesn't make <laughs> your game you. any better, dear. I'm telling you, <laughs> it makes the day better. Right. Man, I can't thank you enough. Another idol comes I know. in. You're, you're the best. I know you don't think of it that way, but we you, do. You already had your idols, and you raced with them. You lucky rascal! Yeah, you. Right? Hey, do I you have lucky. a social media or anything like that? Or Instagram, David Bailey MX. There you go, David folks. Check Bailey him out. MX. All right, we got to take a quick break, but Gun Owners Radio next, right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy eight. The answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 